Today we have a Q&A directed at Simon and Greg. It's actually our presentation from RBR, Branch Transformation 2020. And we touch on all kinds of interesting subjects from how banks respond to COVID, to complaints handling, and we even touch on how to close the consumer confidence gap. If you enjoy this episode, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you and it would help out massively. Hello everybody, we are ACF Technologies. We specialize in delivering customer experience management solutions to the banking sector. And we've been doing this for over 16 years. And today, instead of a traditional presentation, um, we're trying something different. It's more of a podcast style, pod blog conversation. We're going to be giving you our perspective on the most pertinent questions facing the banking sector today. But firstly, some introductions. Uh, I'm Louis. I'm the host of our podcast channel. And just so you know, we're all dressed up. This is not what we always wear. I've been told I look like a James Bond villain. I can assure you I have no world domination plans uh, for this week, at least. And FYI, Simon's jacket has got nothing to do with the US elections. On that note, I'm interviewing Simon and Greg. Between these two, they have 25 years of customer experience and software experience. Simon specializes in stimulating innovation and using disruptive technologies for organizations. Uh, he leverages his portfolio of knowledge to bring the best CX possible to his clients and their customers. Joining us is also Greg. Uh, he's also known as Captain PowerPoint. He specializes in meeting customer needs and accommodating the real value of technology. The two bounce off each other quite nicely with complementary skills. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this debate today and the two clashing heads. All right, so we're going to jump straight in to the first topic which is digital channel shifting. Now we've done some research for this presentation and we've got some stats for you. During the first month of lockdown, March to April, 6 million people downloaded a banking app for the first time. And more than 50% of these consumers are now using online banking apps regularly and they will continue to do so after social restrictions are lifted. So I wanted to ask you, Greg, how do you see this shift in consumer behavior playing out over the next six months hi everyone i think that's a good place to start i think uh, naturally that is certainly a pertinent question on our, on our minds at the moment i would say that i think you know cutting straight to that statistic there of how many people have downloaded you know banking apps and really started to transition their banking to uh you know digital channels i'd say we can probably expect most of them to stay uh and i think what that really leaves is the opportunity and also, I guess, the challenge in the same boat um, of redefining really what that branch and the role of the branch uh, will be over the coming months ahead. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of those customers will stay and they will continue to use digital channels, especially for sort of transaction-based banking. Um, but then it presents the opportunity and the challenge to the, to the physical banking environment to, to evolve, to, to meet new needs and new demands. So you, you believe that customers will mainly use digital banking for purely transactional things? Yes, I think 
for the most part, I think digital banking has tried to fill that gap as just simply a more efficient channel to do transactional items. Mm. Um, I think we've seen that in, in obviously the natural decline of footfall to branches. And therefore, the people that have moved away from branches tend to be doing things on those digital channels that once they would normally have done in a branch. Um, and like I say, I think that presents both, obviously, the challenge in terms of the reduced footfall and justifying the value of the branch, but also the opportunity for them to evolve and to create a new environment, a new space to add new value for, for the customer base that simply cannot be achieved, you know, maybe in those digital channels. Mm. Yeah, as, as many of our listeners are probably experiencing, the banks are super busy with digital transformation projects. And they're needing to be delivered in two thirds of the time it would normally take. So it's an increased speed of change that they're required to follow, but it's still too slow almost. Companies, a lot of companies are still not offering like seamless channels. And it just seems like the banks were not simply prepared at all for this, for the change the pandemic has triggered in consumer behavior. So I wanted to ask you, Greg, how have banks been responding to this rapid change in digital demand and what could be done to be more efficient in this front? Well, I think naturally, of course, we've seen a huge shift in, you know, just increasing the amount of resource that sits behind the digital channels. I think we've seen an increase in, uh, you know, uh, phone and obviously uh, app based interactions with with customers i put in more people behind those technologies and those platforms um, i also think we've seen a real sort of um, long-term shift in actually how the digital and the physical are going to actually play off each other in a sense of actually a positive environment because i think for so long they, are, they tend to compete in some respects but actually really i think covid has opened our eyes that actually the physical environment when it does return is going to play um it's going to need the support of the digital the digital uh channels for sure in terms of phone and video and, and apps and, and websites and things like that hmm. so so you, you you just mentioned that the role of the branch might change how do you feel like it's going to change after covid well if you look at what the branch was prior to covid i think we all know that it was going through an evolution in its own right I think uh, last year at RBR, I think Simon stood on stage and talked with customers and and uh, many other presentations talked about the branch and the evolution of what the branch means for for the world. And I think we we have basically just seen a hyper acceleration of that process. I think it went from being you know days gone by, very transactional, to really the future looks more like a branch where it's about connecting human beings and really playing a supportive role within a community that goes well above and beyond just financial transactions. It's about events, it's about connecting people and workspaces and environments to support individuals within the local community. Um, and I think, yeah, COVID has simply been an accelerator of that process. And I think it's, uh, it's like I say, I guess it comes back to what I mentioned earlier about it being both a challenge, but also, I guess, an opportunity in its own right. Mm. Yeah, definitely. The idea of a more human banking experience is something that mm. was discussed loads last year and it's only become more relevant this year. One thing that's popping up now is the idea of open white label banking. So I wanted to ask you, Simon, about this statistic that I found. 86% of 
global banks are looking to use APIs to enable open banking in the following year. So clearly there is a demand for open banking from a customer's perspective. The number of open banking consumers doubled from 1 million to 2 million in just six months. What recommendations do you have for financial organizations looking to implement open banking? Yeah, that, that's quite interesting, isn't it? The, mm. Because of what, what Greg just said, when you're looking at existing channels, I made some notes while you were talking, Greg, and, and completely agree with the fact that obviously digital channels at the moment aren't delivering the service that, that customers are required. And we've recently seen more customers than ever pick up on digital channels. And as Greg said, hyper acceleration in, in that particular platform with still banks finding it difficult to deploy new systems. I kind of, the open banking bit makes that a little bit more interesting to me because they're still struggling to get those kind of old channels up to speed. They're now being introduced into open banking, which is kind of a, is it's a whole new way of looking at, at the customer journey. I think I know a lot of banks at the moment are looking at this from a process and a, you know, integration perspective, but there's clearly going to be some consequences, some, some, you know, changes to the customer experience that, that, I, that I don't think banks are ready for, you know, the idea that some of the customer journey is going to be taken, taken away from the control of the banks by, you know, by allowing kind of open access to data for, for mobile apps to show you like your bank statement across multiple, um, multiple um, financial institutions, it's going to be taken away from you slightly. So I think there's a lot of work to be done there. And I think you mentioned something earlier, which was the struggle of banks to deploy new kind of digital channels or improve what they've got. I think that's the core thing here. They need to improve the systems they've got and the capability to, kind of take on channels that we don't even know what they're going to be yet with open banking. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it seems like customers are more and more using multiple different channels mm. for the same, for example, the same customer complaint. And I wanted to ask you, Simon, what can financial institutions do in order to provide a more seamless online experience for this kind of thing? Is the problem old and rigid in-house systems? Is that the cause for concern? I think that's the cause for concern for speed of deployment and maybe fear of looking at these projects because when you're looking at a seamless approach, you know, from a customer's perspective, that should be pretty simple. If you start your interaction on one channel and then just stop and pick up on another, as a customer, you want that to be completely seamless so you don't have to tell the call center everything you just did on the internet on an application form or something. But I do think you're right. There's a a slight fear from banks with legacy systems, with integrations. Is it going to be a difficult thing to do? Is it going to take a long time? Or what's the benefit at the end of it? But I think with the right system in place, the capability to deploy to new channels should be really core to, to what you do ultimately. Hmm. How, just, just off topic, but how quickly can we, can we add new channels into our customers' businesses? Yeah, I think that's a great one for, for Greg to talk about there because I do know that we have recently deployed to a, a major high street retailer, you know, a whole video um, system to a, to a company for within less than two weeks. So I think timescales now with the world of software and the world of, you know, platforms that are available, I think you should be looking at timescales of weeks, not months for deployment of mm -hmm. systems for sure. Definitely. Um, and you mentioned, we mentioned earlier a little bit about complaint handling. Uh, you you actually told me a, a story of of yeah. uh, a bad customer experience. <laughs> had. 
So maybe you can share that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, sure. It seems like quite simple problems that could be solved in person are proving to be quite difficult. Yeah, that's, yeah that's the annoying thing, isn't it? Like everything that Greg was saying at the beginning here, they're, they're simple things, aren't they? And you're right. Yeah, I had a bit of a funny, it was just this morning, uh, a bit of an experience with a mobile um, internet provider. Uh, they sent the wrong engineer, which is fine. These things happen. But the actual interaction with me, with the call center, if you look at my um, my call history on my mobile phone, I just looked before we started. It's an hour and 45 minutes I spent on the phone just with a simple request of, if, you know, if it's going to be installed tomorrow, I'm fine. If not, I need to cancel the service because I'll need to go somewhere else. So an hour in, it just, uh, an hour and 45 in, it just, it, they just missed all of the, you know, the basics, which I think is really important right now, especially working from home. I do see a lot of daytime TV where obviously there's a lot of fraudulent activity going on with customers being defrauded out of their money and gaining access to bank accounts and all of the reports that you see end up with the simple fact that oh, my bank didn't do enough to help me. That is kind of the sole end to all of those stories. So I think complaints management right now is, is got, it's got to be top of everybody's agenda. Even, even right now, Simon, it's, it's very important for banks to consider this because especially with banking, bad experiences can sit with an individual for a generation. Can't it? Absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a, a story in my family where my we don't use a particular high street bank because my dad had a bad experience, but that was in like 1984. So th- these things do kind of sit with you. Uh, they do sit with people when you get a bad experience or when you hear someone's had a bad experience because I do think there's a, a lot's being missed. And especially from the, the financial institution perspective, I think there's there's still that legacy idea of having a 95% customer satisfaction KPI, which in today's world, that 5% is a huge number, especially with social media, that that 5% that aren't satisfied can make a huge impact for your business. I do think it needs to be readdressed. And I do think banks should be looking at much more of a 100% kind of success rate with customers. Absolutely. Um, do you think that 100% success rate is, is achievable? Or is it more going to be 99.9%? <sighs> Yeah, I, I think it's achievable personally. I think with, you know, when you're looking at automation, ultimately you, you can take advantage of an AI system that's that's kind of taken advantage of the data that you've got. There shouldn't be any customer that's missed. With software and the platforms that are available today, there shouldn't be a single customer that isn't taken care of. You know, they, they shouldn't be missed. They shouldn't be forgotten about. You know, I, I don't think that's, you know, unachievable personally. All right. So, Greg, being the customer centricity expert that you are, how can you enable teams, your, 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 your banking branch teams, to deal with complaints better? How can you give them the tools and the processes to close these complaints on the first call? Well, I think, yeah, I think that's a great question because I think, uh, as Simon said there in his example, mm. you know, an hour and 45 on the, on the phone, it's probably not what you'd want as an average. I nearly lost the will to live. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a good example. But I would say that from a tools perspective, it really comes down to one thing, which is really making sure the tools are in place for you to capture the frustration in the moment. And a really good example of that is where, for example, we at ACF have installed immediate you know, video calls or immediate appointments, immediate service. So if someone is on 
a website, for example, where they're going to log a complaint, you know, there's nothing worse. And number one, if that's hard to do, and number two, if they can't really convey their emotion. So hard to do being, you know, you have to dig 20 pages in just to find the complaint section. You get asked a barrage of questions beforehand. I understand there's process, of course, to filter that out. But I would say if you can allow a customer to easily find it and convey their emotion, that's half the battle because you're actually allowing them to express the pain that they're currently feeling. Um, and following on from that naturally is the ability to be able to connect them to someone who can help or if it's to a page that can help great but if it really does warrant the help of an individual make that immediate either allow a customer to speak to an agent there and then you know join a virtual queue maybe book an immediate appointment allow them to take action in the moment i think is really important so that you can capture that frustration and then I guess, for, I guess from the process perspective, it just follows on naturally, which is making sure that the process is in place for the individuals and the staff so that they can resolve things on that first call if possible. And hopefully not after an hour and 45 minutes, but I appreciate sometimes it does take uh, slightly longer than planned. I think really that's it. And it, as, long as, as long as, you know, staff members don't drop the ball because they have the processes in place, I think, you know, things will get resolved. And ultimately what you will lead to is uh, a, a very positive brand experience. And that's what will last long, uh, uh, a long time. And we've seen another example of where <clears throat> on the negative, it doesn't last so well which is 36 years of holding a grudge and it's still going strong by the sounds of it. So, yeah, I think if, if you can create that positive experience and really connect customers immediately with, with staff members, I think that really does pay dividends long-term uh, in terms of your brand, your brand experience and ultimately the brand equity that you create within your customers. comes to brand experience i think it's very important to consider consumer confidence right now and in regards to restoring this consumer confidence i wanted to ask you you greg there's clearly a lack of confidence in digital banking for some customers but there's also a natural hesitancy when it comes to returning to branches how do, have you got any recommendations as to how we can smooth out this return to physical stores possibly using digital channels to restore that consumer confidence. Absolutely. I, I can I guess I can just relay what I've seen working within the clients that we work with um, in the banking sector, both you know, banks and building societies. The the dynamic that we've seen working particularly well is really where, you know, in in a world that we're in right now, I think we we are longing for human connection and I think the more that organizations can do to connect customers uh, with other humans, i.e. employees, the better. Um, I think what we do not need right now is the world where digital becomes this disjointed and distanced uh, mm. gap between you as a business and your customers. What we need to do, I'd say at the moment, is remove those hurdles and actually connect people together as quickly as we can. Um, and that's why I've seen in, in the banks, that's not just theory, that's reality. I think all the organizations we are working with are rolling out video solutions for that exact reason. It is a very quick way to connect one human face to another. And there is something to be said for that psychologically, but also just in the world that we're in right now, we are becoming very familiar with video. Um, and we also are becoming very sort of 
in, in need of that that human interaction. And even though it's a digital form, I'd say that that plays a very key role in that transition back to the physical branch, because uh, with humans connecting over video, it will then lead to humans connecting back in the branch when it's safe to do so. And you will continue to have that face of your brand, um, you know, where it's appropriate. And then, yeah, I think naturally leading on from that would be really what's, I guess, the the more long-term perspective on things, right? Which is, as the physical does return, going back to something I briefly mentioned earlier, which is, you know, really thinking about having that customer centricity, of course, to the branch, but really thinking about it from the perspective of what can you do in a branch that you simply cannot do in the digital world. And there are things, you know, like I say, connecting people, um, creating those human experiences when they return, fingers crossed soon. You know, I think they're the things that the branch really needs to be doing in the future in order to truly add value to the overall ecosystem of a financial institution. And it connects back to every dynamic that I think we've tried to touch on here. You know, human psychology, when it comes to people feeling safe and secure of their money, that then leading to, you know, support they feel from their financial institution, which then leads to long-term positive brand experience. Um, and I think, yeah, the more that the branch can evolve, the faster that it can evolve. And it also has the support of the, the digital channels in the form of, you know, the staff being the faces of the brand as the interim in particular. I think the two together can create a really successful partnership moving forward. And it's no longer about one versus the other. It's about the two coming together to truly create that that omni-channel ecosystem that we all we all really need and really long for, I guess. And so, yeah, I'd say that's pretty much it from a like a, a longer-term view that I've seen working well. Yeah, there's definitely this almost symbiotic relationship forming between digital banking and the branches, the high street, while digital banking seems to be handling the transactional things, the 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 day-to-day the -day transactions that don't require a human, whereas the branches are now zoning in on solely focusing on the more human experience. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something we're going to see a lot more of over the next year or so. And if you'd like to hear more about human banking, then uh, definitely check out our podcast, CX Insider, because we tackle this topic on quite a few episodes. Um, if you're interested or curious about any of the topics we've spoken about today, if you want to learn how to improve your branch's experience, uh, then visit our virtual stand or arrange a meeting with us and we'll happily help you out. And like I said, follow us on LinkedIn, our CX Insider page, and engage with us. If, you, if you've got something to say about CX in banking, we would love to interview you. And finally, on behalf of the team, thank you for joining us today. And I hope you have enjoyed the, uh, the slightly different presentation while you're at home with your coffee, catching up with emails. Hopefully we'll see you soon and um, stay safe. Thank you, Simon and Greg. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.